Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 129, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and on YouTube. Uh, no Richard this week, unfortunately. Uh, so we will have Richard back next week. Uh, intermittent, you know, there's some site issues that had to be taken care of. So Richard will be attending to those issues. In the meantime, I'm joined by Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic Gathering. Seth, what's up? What's up, Chaz? How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We, we miss Richard, but we will have him back. Uh, Chaz, as always, content creator for Magic Gathering, focusing on the financial aspect. On the docket, Seth, we got the entire set of Hour of Devastation, so uh, we will talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Invitational Happen. There's like a ton of modern events that happened, standard events that happened, and we get to see like post Aetherworks Marvel banning that you know maybe we're at a point that these these formats well modern's always great but maybe standard's getting there too now so we're going to touch briefly on that kind of an over you know a meta perspective on that uh we will talk a little bit since it's Seth and I we we don't get to do this too often but we will talk about just our devastation and more of a financial uh, aspect and then we will wrap it up with some fish mail do so, I leave anything out I think uh I think that's pretty much all of it yeah all right. So, um, if you are watching the YouTube this week, you will see Seth and I talk about some uh, Hour of Devastation cards. But uh, let's talk about it a little bit here, too, on the podcast, Seth. We have the whole set. What do you think? It's a weird set. There, I have, I have very mixed feelings. So, I think this is one of the least powerful sets we've had in a while in terms of standard play now that we can see the whole thing there's definitely no etherworks marvels no hearts of kirin uh no gideon ally of zendikars it's hard to point to any card that's gonna really be that good in the format and the cards that are potentially gonna be good kind of have some natural restrictions, like Nicole Bolas, like uh, Majestic Mary Arc. They're five drops, so they're not things that are just going to be completely insanely busted. So I think it's actually a lower power level set, but I'm actually really happy about that. I think I would rather have all of our standard sets look like this than have really push cards that just dominate the format and you have to play this one specific card for your deck to be competitive or these few specific cards. So I think the power level is low, but it's low in a way that I'm really excited about. This kind of feels like a almost an old school set to me where we have all these different options and lots of stuff that looks really cool and really fun, but nothing that's like, oh my god, they had to like break this one card because it's all about the story and it's or they need to like sell this at so there's one really push card. So it feels like a return to normalcy in some ways to me for standard, and I'm really excited for it for that reason. Yeah, I think you nailed all the great points. And we've had a lot of conversations on recording, not recording about this set, and, and I gotta tell you, it was it was pretty hard to talk about the set just because, and it's not like really a bad thing, but you're right. Like you can't point to any one card and be like, oh, this is like totally, you know, nuts. Like this is going to be taking over standard. And I think I kind of like that. I, I, I think you use the term return to normalcy really well there. You know, for playing the game a long time, this is kind of where I like to be. Like these, the, the pendulum is swinging back. I feel like I think they kind of learned their lesson that. They can't let this design get, you know, away from them, and they can't 
have overly powerful sets like back to back and these parasitic, you know, abilities such as, you know, such as energy. And, and I think this is a good way to kind of swing it back the other way. You have a broad set with a lot of different cool things and not any one thing is going to kind of be degenerate here. And, and I kind of like this set being a role player. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think when you release a lot of these different cards that are going to be role players and, you know, they will play their part in Constructed. And yeah, I, th- I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, it uh, it's not a bad set in the sense that nothing you'll see play, but it's a, it's a more even power level set. It seems like with sets lately, we've seen the top end, the best of the best, have a handful of cards and then a lot of not very good cards that obviously can't keep up with the best cards from the set. And our doesn't feel like that. Our, it feels pretty flat in power level. And that means there's a ton of cards that I think could see play in standard, but there's no cards that I really think are going to break standard. If you look over like the list of cards, there's actually quite a few that I think could show up in standard. So, and I think that's fine. I think that's where we want to be. And the other thing is the set is, amazing for other formats. Like, I know we focus on standard. That's the most popular format, but commander is a very popular format. And if you look at the mythics of this set, they're, they're almost all of them are just awesome for commander. So I think that even if this isn't a hugely impactful set for standard, it's still going to be a success based on those other formats and the other things the set really does well. Absolutely. And and I think it's more of a success because of that. Like when there's something for everyone, and especially more so a very, like you said, a very large percentage of the player base now, I mean, it's commander. There's no denying that. I, I think that's, I think that's great. And there's still enough, you know, to look through this set and say, you know what? I think this could have an impact in this constructed format. I mean, there's, there's some obvious ones. I mean, we talked about them, you know, this coming week. Uh, so you can stay tuned for that for very specific ones, but. I mean, even some of the gods, even some of the stuff that you wouldn't normally think would have an impact will likely have an impact. Um, I'm, I'm certainly excited for a few of them. Obviously, in green, you have Majestic <laughs> Myriarch, which I, <laughs> to my surprise, you did not trash as much as I thought you would have. So it was actually a huge relief to come on uh, today and talk about it and, and know that uh, some of the stuff that I like, you also like as well, and it, it's not going to get uh, hugely trashed on. <laughs> Yeah, I like that card a lot, too. It doesn't necessarily seem like a card I would like, but I definitely do like it. And I think where I'm worried about Hour of Devastation isn't Hour of Devastation itself, but I feel like it might struggle in standard based on how high the power level was from Kaladesh block. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but if you were to, like, grade the overall power level of the sets in standard, I think Kaladash is incredibly high, like four or five out of four point five out of five. When Hour of Devastation is fine. It's not a one. It's probably a two point five average somewhere in there. But when you have a two point five and it's competing with a set that's a four or four point five, then I just don't know how it's gonna actually shake out. So I think with this set in general, I'm really, really, really looking towards rotation. I think the summer is going to be yeah. about Kaladesh still, but once we have rotation and we have Ixalan entering the format, which in some ways makes some things from this set make more sense, because while we're not going to go into leagues, we do know that creature type matters is like the major theme of Ixalan, and that makes stuff like 
horses are indestructible and sphinx costs two less to cast and some of the stuff that is you're like why like why do we why is that on uh you know i'm why is this an hour of devastation when you have a set that's about creature types mattering all that stuff might make a lot more sense come fall absolutely and and even until then i do i do agree with your assessment there that kaladesh is certainly up at the top but and like we keep saying there's nothing wrong with a set like this keeping those sets in check and and i think Hour will definitely do that. I mean, you banned, and we will get into bannings a little bit more, but you banned all these cards. And I think you're getting to a point where, you know, the, the super, like, you know, the, the cards that were just overshadowing all the rest of the card pool are now gone. I think there's enough left, especially in Hour. I mean, you look through that can deal with some of the remaining stuff, even in Kaladesh and, and to a lesser extent, uh, Shadows over Innistrad because we have some, some decent graveyard removal that we've seen, and it's not as important with Emrakul gone, but it's still important enough that, you know, it, it's there. And we've seen enough in, like, cards like a Braid and stuff like that that can deal with the remaining power of Kaladesh in Heart of Kiran, Scrap Heap, Scrounger, and that sort of, those sort of cards. And Solemnity for energy. So there are, yeah, there so, are a lot yeah. of answers to Kaladesh block. That's and I'm very cool true. with that. I'm, I'm totally fine with this set being released. And I do agree. It's like a 2, 2.5. That's fine as long as it has all the cards that can keep standard in a kind of a harmonious state and keep the rest of the, the really powerful cards in check. Yeah, I mean, that's what was like greatly lacking for like the last, you know, six, last like year or so, two years, ever since Battle for Zendikar started coming out. Like they just did not, they keep printing these sets with no way to stop like the main strategies of these of these blocks and we don't have the one crazy push thing which makes me feel much better like if you look at gideon in battle for zendikar kind of like the face card of the set super push emerical ban now but that was the same way nicole bolas is a powerful card but it's not the kind of card that you can really envision getting banned in standard it's not that kind of good so i and i think that's a healthy thing i think that's kind of where we want the power level to be for our best card there's more nicole bolas unless uh breaking the format you have to play this card or your deck's not working right type of power level i know we wanted to touch on this a little bit before we get into standard and modern the invitational stuff so we talk a little bit about hour of devastation in kind of a broad sense. But since we're here, let's talk about it a little bit in a financial sense. I know you started cranking, uh, crunching some numbers a little bit and you were, you know, mentioning that this, this set overall in terms of EV is fairly low. Like, I mean, we've had some low sets, but even lower than that. Yeah. So I don't have the full EV. I haven't actually done all the calculations yet, but just looking at the set, there's one mythic over ten dollars now. It was two, but the prices have dropped a bit. Nicole Bolas is like twenty bucks. Nothing else over ten dollars. With rares, it's down to one over five dollars in Solemnity, which is just over five dollars. And then a few things just under, like in the the four dollar, three to four dollar range, like Nimble Obstructionist, uh, Ramanup Excavator. So, but that is that is abnormally low. So I'm really curious to see. What happens with this set moving forward from a financial perspective? I know just looking at this, and I'll have a full EV article next week and kind of go in depth on it, but it doesn't seem like the kind of set that you want to open for value. I wouldn't want to be cracking boxes for value with this set. It seems very unlikely that you're going to make your value back out of a box, but with the set being so low and rotation coming up in the fall, it might be one of those sets where 
you wait until August, uh, the end of August or something. And as you see the cards officially coming out for Ixalan and what's rotating, kind of preparing for new standard, that might be the time to pick up uh, some of the gods or even some of the planeswalkers and things that might be more important once we have the format really shaken up with rotation. So what do you think, Chaz? What's your financial advice for our? Not a lot of sets are, you know, going to be in terms of opening boxes going to be giving you that value back. Uh, so there's just not a lot of boxes that you can open for value, period. But, you know, on the average, you will kind of make that a, a good enough, you know, a good amount of it back. For this set, you're you're right. And, and I think it has to, a little bit to do with just the overall power level of the set that we just, you know, talked about. There's just not that, like, upper echelon, like, tier one invocation that you can open and, like, make it all worth it when you're opening up these like these boxes for the golden ticket right like yeah there's there's some thought seeds like there's thought seeds which is great omniscience which is great but there's not like a force of will or there's not like fetch lands and we talked about this a little bit like yeah you can't over like you can't outclass fetch lands and like these marquee lands that's fine but in this set in particular there's not even like the next step below that like there's not the force of will which amonkhet had which is why it's more normal you know, in terms of EV, but I think that's kind of like one of the pitfalls of this set. I, I do think it will remain low, and there has been sets that have remained low throughout their standard lifetime. Uh, but, you know, as we alluded to, there's rotation coming up, and that could, you know, shake things up a little bit for the cards in this set uh, in terms of gaining value. But uh, for now, I foresee it will remain low, but the value will shift between cards. So, like, Nicole Bolas being 20. Um, maybe that, you know, swaps places with uh, something like the Scarab God, if that ends up being as good as we've talked about. And, uh, you know, just kind of other cards just kind of swapping value. But, you know, I could see an instance where if there's like a rare or especially a mythic, the other cards don't drop as much. But, you know, since and since the EV is so low, it could absorb another card being like 10 to 15 bucks if it's like defining standard because... The EV's low enough that that could happen. Yeah, I agree with you. There definitely could be things that break out, and there's a lot of stuff that's it's already really cheap, which means there's more room for it to go up. Like, the pre-order prices seem uh, cheaper than normal, I think. So I think it's worth being aware of the fact that if we see a four of whatever, Majestic Mary Arc deck, it would be really easy for that to just double in price overnight after the Pro Tour, or uh, any of the Mythics really outside of Nicole Bolas are low enough that if they really become standard staples, they would increase a lot in price. I don't know what the odds are of that happening before rotation uh, even though standard and we're going to talk about it in a minute seems like it's in a really healthy place right now i don't know where these cards fit over the short term so we'll have to see but it's worth being aware that it probably isn't if you open a box you're probably not going to get your value back and while that's normally true maybe you're hoping to break even i think you're gonna lose more with this set than you will with most sets. I know for me, when it comes to cracking boxes, I know that I'm usually gonna lose a bit of value, but I like doing it, so it's worth it for me to crack a box of the new set. You hope you get lucky, get a good masterpiece or whatever, but with this set, I think it's gonna, even if you get lucky, it's probably gonna be hard to make your money back. It's hard to to stack up a pile of mythics and rares that add up to the value of your box, unless you just happen to get super lucky and hit the best of the best masterpiece. Yeah, and 
again, I just think that's kind of part of it. Listen, if you're going out there with the intent of buying a box and, and opening it for fun and all that, that's all well and good. You could, you should probably still do that because, you know, it's, it's fun and that's what you want to do. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, I do think it's just one of those, and this actually happens to a lot of the second sets. Like we even saw this in Eldritch Moon. I think for a little while, Seth, where, you know, even in pre-orders, the, the, the prices were really fair. And then once people realize, like, oh, these are, like, going to be format-defining, uh, like, Grim Flayer comes to mind. I think that was, like, five or six bucks pre-order. And, like, day one, you know, people are already, you know, knowing that Grim Flayer is going to be a key component to standard. You know, the card just increases exponentially. So that can definitely happen. Like, Samut the Tested, if that somehow, <laughs> like, breaks out, you know, being, like, three or four bucks. Same, similar situation like Sahili, right? Like, Sahili was, like, a three to four dollar Planeswalker. And then suddenly, you know, another card gets printed and it goes to 15 bucks, 20 bucks, you know, instantly. So that can still happen. And since the EV is low enough, if it happens, you can fully well expect a card to spike that much. Or the other instance is, you know, here and there, you know, we see at the Pro Tour that, you know, this rare is doing well and this rare is doing well. Well, a lot of these like sub $1 cards can go to three to four bucks like really easily. And that's still a pretty big jump too in terms of percentage. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. And I'm sure there will be stuff. I think the flat power level we were talking about before makes it really hard to know what that card will be. Like there's, there's not the obvious like, Oh my God, that's going to be so great, but it's very likely that some of these cards will show up indexed and constructed. So we got to kind of wait and see and maybe try to, I guess, guess right. If you're interested in pre-ordering and buying cards earlier, otherwise like wait and see how the first week shake out because there will be something like there's always something that's way better than people think during, during pre-sales. Once yeah. we start playing with the cards, there's something that breaks out. I wanted to ask you, Chaz, you mentioned the masterpieces not being that great. Did you happen to see someone asked Marrow why there was no Nicole Bolas uh, masterpiece? Did you see that on his blog? I did not see that. Uh, I was actually pretty surprised so, that they did not include any version of Nicole Bolas. Yeah, so the and this was about the older Nicole Bolas's in specific, but his answer was that it wasn't popular or in demand enough, which, what? I mean <laughs> boil, capsize, choke, Desolation Angel, really? You like original Nicole Bolas or even the first Planeswalker wasn't popular enough, but Forbid oh is? Goodness. Oh my, I, I had to rant that's about that. That's a cop that. out. Cause I'm that's just sorry. like the, I mean, yeah, if you don't want to do it, that's fine, but oh man, that answer is so unsatisfactory. <laughs> yeah, that's, take choke back. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, I'll give you the green one. Like, just the one solitary green, you know, invocation that they just decided <laughs> to throw people a bone. Uh, you could take that one back, but there's no, I mean, that's just, that's very unsatisfactory. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole point of this set, everybody was hyped up for Nicole Boas. Like, it's been how long since, like, Conflux? It's been, since yeah. Since we've seen this character? Yeah. A long that's, time. Yeah, Conflux. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, it's been a long time. That's, I mean, they couldn't even do the, they couldn't even print the, uh, the original Legends version. Like, come on. Yeah, there, I mean, there had to be a way to do it. Or even the Planeswalker deck version. Give me Nicole Bolas Deceiver and everything will be good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I still was. Oh, actually, speaking of Nicole Bolas, I mean, this is going off track. So really, really quickly, two yeah. seconds. Someone actually mentioned that four dark intimations actually gets the original Nicole Bolas to, to ultimate. 
which I did not even I didn't even think to check. Oh. So okay, I think it. I think we can kind of like say it's not a one hundred percent fail. Only like, like ninety nine. Yeah, ninety ninety five, ninety six, somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. At least but he does something. I was actually really surprised. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe they'll six years from now when we return to a Nicole Bolas set, there'll be some awesome synergy. Dark Intimations will spike to like twenty dollars. <laughs> don't please don't buy I Dark mean, Intimations. <laughs> I mean, it it does. I guess in that instance, it does work. So bravo uh, and, and uh, kudos for someone to pointing that out because I did not even think to check that. So Chaz, um, I gotta I gotta ask you. We, I mean, we were talking about flat power level in standard sure. and hour in standard. So, what do you think about our current standard? What do I think about the current standard? I mean, we I had the bannings, we had mantra, tournaments. Yep. Where are we at? Where yep. are we at? I think my mantra has held true this entire time, and I know it's really hard for folks to go through all this. It, it's understandable. I've been through it a lot myself, like over the years with all these cards and just craziness where you don't want to play standard. I mean, I sat through some really awful standards, so I get it. But I think it got worse, and now it's getting better. I think with, you know, banning an unprecedented amount of cards, which is, you know, it is nuts. It, it is not a good thing to do, and, and it, it looks bad, and everything, you know, folks were saying was absolutely right. But I think the end result is going to be good and positive for standard, and I think the confidence and like playing standard again will return. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, we had the SCG events this weekend and I feel like standard is fixed. I feel like they got there. It took, a, yeah. it, it took what five cards are banned over three separate <laughs> bannings over like nine months, but two months before the format rotates, we made it. This is the standard we are waiting for. If you look at the top eights and again, that's not a great judge, but there's so much diversity. I think by my count, out of the SCG Classic and the SCG Invitational, 16 decks made top eights in standard. I think there's 11 or 12 unique archetypes. That's super diverse. And there's a couple more that are just outside of the top eight. Blu-ray control didn't make it, but it's in the top 16. So there's a lot of good stuff that's going on right now. And when you combine what looks to be an already diverse standard with Hour of Devastation, which looks like a good set for diversity, yeah. like we were saying. Like, I'm actually really excited about where standards at for the first time and just monitoring social media, hearing people talk. It seems like a lot of people feel that way. Like so many people that played the tournaments this weekend are like, wow, standard is really good. Like we finally got yeah. there. So really encouraging after such a rough few months. And I guess the question is, does it stay this way? What do you think? Like, is this uh, a temporary blimp where they got things right? Or did they learn some lessons from the past six months or nine months and things are going to be good moving forward? I don't want to harp on Ixalan weeks. So, like, if, you know, you, you don't want to hear about that, well, I'm going to try to be as, like, <laughs> I'm going to try to navigate this as best I can. Looking forward to what we know in Ixalan and what we've seen, I do believe we're heading in a good direction. And I do think that immediately they have learned their lessons because we've seen cards that show me that they've learned their lessons, right? Like we've, we, in that Ixalan week, uh, podcast, we've covered some cards that are clearly, Hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We need these cards in standard. So to me, I think we're, we're definitely hitting a good stride and I think it's going to keep going into at least the next block of Ixalan or there's no more blocks, but at least the next set of Ixalan, and I believe 
uh, the following set of things. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it's so weird because before all this, back last fall, so almost a year ago now, before all the bannings and the stuff, I wrote this article talking about, uh, oddly enough, among other things, bannings. And I mentioned Emrakul and Smuggler's Copter saying, like, I don't think anything will get banned, but these are two cards to look out for. And one of the things I realized is uh, Wizards has these problems on a pretty, like, normal basis. It's like every six years we get in this situation where they have to ban cards in standard, affinity, fast forward six years, you got J's, fast forward six years, you have this past six months with all the bannings. But it really feels like Wizards learns from that and good things come from it in the long run, and they redouble their efforts to avoid... Uh, printing disastrously mistake-filled cards that ruin things. Also, just the formats themselves end up being better and really good after it. So I'm very hopeful that we've reached that point and that Wizards has learned some stuff from this. And while we might get back to it again six years from now uh, on the regularly scheduled We Messed Up Standard <laughs> time frame, I actually think it's going to be really good for the next couple of years. I, I'm very, very excited, and I hope that... I hope that it wasn't too detrimental to the game and not too many people like actually walked away from the game or the format based on the past six months. Cause if you stuck it out, I think there's a reward coming with some really good standard. I mean, this all just goes, I mean, there's memes about this already. Like standards, you know, magic is ruined forever. Like, you know how many conversations we've gone through over the years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's bound to happen in a game that has lasted this long. And in the medium that they designed the game, like this is not a purely digital game. This is, you know, a paper game first, everything else kind of second. And it's just bound to happen, you know, over the long, like, and, and I think Wizards overall has been really good about designing magic and not having these situations come up. So like, even if it is like six years and it really is like that, that's a pretty long gap between not messing up. And being pretty much perfect. Yeah, and you got to think, like, the other digital games, Hearthstone or Insert Whatever Game You Like, they have the benefit of being able to mess up, and then they can just change the card after the fact. It's really hard to do that in Magic. So the fact that we don't get in these... Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, the fact that we don't get in these situations more often is actually a big testament to what a good job Wizards normally does. And we've even seen some things, the play design team with... A bunch of really talented people, Cheon, Michael Majors, like high level players that are going to work at Wizards specifically to test the formats. So we've, we even see like the mistakes paying dividends already. Like you got to feel better about the design process. Not that it was bad before, but it's even better now when you have these people that are specifically testing for it. So I think good things are coming out of all the bad things we've been through. We can already see it happening. Yeah, and that's just part of your comment of them redoubling their efforts every time something like this happens. And, you know, I kind of remember these podcasts that we were having when they first switched to these two-set blocks down from three-set blocks. Like, anytime these major changes happen, like, it's not going to go super smooth. And while it's been kind of a long time gap in between, I do think we're at a point where they are moving in the right direction and and kind of correcting their mistakes and doubling their effort to make sure it doesn't happen again, like you said. I mean, them hiring those, you know, very high-caliber people to be on their play team is a really good thing uh, to come out of this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and if they they keep, like, sets like this, like, if they keep sets 
to be built like Hour of Devastation and I don't again I don't want to like kind of allude to Ixalan too much for for those folks out there that don't want to listen about that. It it seems like a similar design is has been used for Ixalan. So if they keep that kind of design, there's like the power levels low enough that there really won't be that many problems. And maybe that's where you have to keep it is that okay, yeah, you have some marquee stuff, you know, you have some really good spells like Fatal Push or something like that just to keep everything in check but and it is used outside of standard but short of that if you keep it that way there really isn't that much room to like have stuff be that broken yeah and have to ban all these cards yeah i think that's true and i it's so weird i mentioned this to you precast but obviously the leak situation isn't ideal but it it actually makes me feel more comfortable with standard moving forward it's so weird it almost makes me and I don't think this happened, but it almost makes me feel like Wizards could have done that intentionally (laughs) just because it is so reassuring. Like, having this sneak peek of the future makes me feel really good about the future of Standard. Even though it's by accident and not an ideal situation, it is encouraging for the future of Standard. So I wanted to ask you, Jazz, Standard, uh, as far as the specific deck, did you happen to see the Blue-White Monument deck? I, I have, and I actually saw your, um, your quick, like, deck tech about that as well, cause I know that's been coming up a lot. Like, that's, to me, a great deck. Like, I love that deck. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it looks super sweet. The one, it seems like it it's does. evolving. It started as a mono white deck, and that's the one that I actually deck teched was mono white. And then at the, right. at the tournaments this weekend, they started adding blue to it for Cloud Blazer, one of my favorite cards, Spell Queller, some <laughs> yeah. sweet sideboard stuff, and, it looks really fun and really cool, and it's like a hundred bucks. So that's another thing I think that has been glossed over too much with all the problems in standard. Standard is super cheap. Like it is super, yeah. super amazingly cheap. You can play really cool, really good, win a SCG invitational type decks <laughs> for like a hundred dollars, which is yeah. just amazing. So, uh, what about modern? Any thoughts on modern, uh, before we oh, move modern on? Modern is fantastic. Um, I really can't believe where modern ended up, like how it ended up this way. I guess, you know, some of the bannings that they made, even with like Death Shadow in the format and everyone kind of moan and groan about Death Shadow, I, I still just like can't believe how great modern has, has been looking, uh, for what the last few months, last six months, something like that. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's in one of the best places modern it's is, ever been. It's great. I mean, I don't know if you looked at the modern classic, but a blue-black improvised list barely made, like, barely just missed top eight. Blue-black improvised. I mean, yeah, it's so diverse. Blue-black improvised. Uh, top 16 had Enduring Ideal, <laughs> another yeah. deck you don't see much. Uh, different Eldrazi decks, Fairies made top eight. Not to mention, like, a, a white-red prison deck, Affinity Grixis decks that are more aggro, Counters Company. Crazy. Like, no matter what style, Living End, no matter what style you want to play, from ramp to combo to aggro to control, there's a modern deck that can do what you want, and it's competitive. Like, it's, it's just so good. Yeah. It's such a great place for a format to be. It seems like it really has something for everyone, no matter how you like playing Magic. Yeah, and not to go, like, too much into the, each of the deck lists too, but I have to highlight like the first place list by Brian Koval, um, in the invitational. Like they're playing cards that we wanted to see. Like you love eighth metalwork colossus. It just first place the invitational 
And you're playing cards like Herald of Anguish, these mythics that like have gone completely to the wayside and no one even thought about using barely like we saw like one game and then it kind of just like it, it was some buzzer in the ah, what was it Aether Revolt Pro Tour and then no one even talked about that deck or those cards ever again so it's like you get to see all these cards that are just popping back up because all the like Marvel and you know I guess Emrakul and all that stuff that would have still been standard that are just completely overshadowing everything yeah I mean it's crazy that both of the biggest competitive formats seem to be really healthy right now, which is, yeah, it's awesome, Insane. but it's yeah, been it's a really while awesome. since I've felt so good about both modern and standard. It seems like there's always a problem with one. Like we went through the rough standard before that we had like twin bannings, pod bannings, all this stuff that was kind of shaking up modern and causing problems. And now we got both formats in just a great place. So it's, Super exciting time to be a Magic player, I think, right now. I think so, too. I mean, everything is looking awesome. Shout out to Peter uh, Tubergen for the Modern Open. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, first place with Affinity. Always got to shout that out whenever boo. I see it. <laughs> two, two main deck thought seizes, too. I love that. that is not something you see all the time. If there's... I don't know. Maybe Modern isn't so awesome if Affinity's winning uh, tournaments. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it, it, it beat out Gris, Gris's Death Shadow, so you gotta, you know, it took down the Boogeyman. It, it's so funny that Affinity's the good guy now. What are the, what are, what are the chances that Affinity's the deck people are rooting for? Oh, yeah. I know, really quick too, cause I know we won't want to get into the fish mail, cause we have a lot of it, but. I still love this counters company. Like I know, like collected company, like people are kind of tired of collected company, whatever. But any deck that can play like Ronas and Devoted Druid and you know Vizier of uh, what was it Remedies and like Walking Ballista and Dusk Recruiter, like all this stuff, it's just like super cool. Yeah, I think that's a list. If you look at how decks develop in modern, it usually takes a minute, like six months, yeah, a year does. for them to Especially really these type of decks. Yeah, to really come into their own. And I feel like that's where this deck is. I feel like it could be one of the best decks in modern and it's already good, but I feel like it still has some more evolutions to go through to really reach its full potential, which is it's exciting to see what people are going to do with that archetype, because the combo is really powerful. It gets to play a lot of good cards. I think it's just, like, not quite to the point of the decks that have been around and been tested for hundreds of thousands of matches, like Affinity and some of the old-school modern decks. Yeah, and it's always good to see Burn in the top eight, too. Well, we have, like, um, a million fish mails. Yeah, so, so let's, we're just going to try to get through this as quickly as we can. Thank you, everyone, for sending these in. You can send them in every week and use the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we will answer them on the podcast. Uh, so let's get right through it, Seth. Uh, we'll try to trade these off. All right. So first up, we have from Christopher Brown, C. Brown Fit. Do you think the FTV Transform could be Morning Tide slash Eventide, Good slash Bad, or Ordinary slash Epic Legendary Creatures? So I think this means, like, where there's multiple versions of a creature. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but... Uh, Micaeus, the Unhollow versus Micaeus, the Lunark. Something, could we see that be the transform, like the actual transformation of the character in cards? No, I believe they said it's legitimately just flip cards. Yeah, I thought they, I thought they said I, that I'm too. I'm pretty sure they said that. Yeah. It's, I like the idea, but I don't think they're doing it. Yeah, I do like that idea though too. At a little cheeky, which Goldfish Twitch emote is the most popular? Uh, will, will we be getting any more 
emote soon. I think the Scoops Cheer emote is the most popular. And the emotes on Twitch go by the number of subs you have, I believe. And we haven't... There is another threshold, but it's many, many subs. So I think it'll be a little while till we get to the next emote threshold. Fair enough. Next up we have from the Fallen3274. Does Modo need to fix their system? Online mana issues all the time. Paper happens only once in a while. Gets frustrating. So the old... Is the Moto Shuffler a problem? Question. Any thoughts on that, Jazz? I know you don't play Is Moto. It, uh, uh, I always thought it was okay, but I can see if you're playing a lot of Moto, it could probably not seem okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my take. I think that, I think it is random. As random as computer generated randomness can be. So I think that the shuffler is fine, but I think it's mostly us in our psychological issues. Remember our bad mana hands more than all the games that went smoothly. And the shuffler has been tested, even by other people. Never like a massive sample size, but like in the thousands of games and it has always seemed to work properly, so I think it's just a bad run of randomness more than Moto Shuffler really being an issue. Yep. Uh, at BaldWinman3, which Bolas is better, the new one or the old one? Ah, jeez. I'm going to go old one. I am too, actually. I might I, be wrong, I think but... that's actually better. I like the old one better. I think I the abilities too. are really sweet, and I just... I like it, and... I don't know. As far as seeing play in standard, they're both seven mana if you cast them. You're hopefully going to win if you get a seven mana Planeswalker down. But I like the abilities on the old one more, I think. I do, yeah. It, it seems more what this Planeswalker and even just three general abilities that you would want more often than not. All right. Mean, mean, mean pork. What? Uh, what's an album I should listen to? Oh, man. So I think my all-time favorite album is... Uh, well, geez. I'm, I'm gonna go with Peel Slowly in C by Velvet Underground. So if you've never listened to Velvet Underground, uh, check out that album. It's a classic. It's really old, but it's my all-time favorite. What about you, Chaz? You got a favorite album? Or an album people should hear? Um, I'm a huge Lev Zeppelin fan, so pretty Ooh. much, I mean, it's really a cop-out, but, um, yeah, you should probably just listen to any of that. You can't go wrong with Led Zeppelin. I, I go really old school. Like, I don't, I don't keep up with stuff like these days. <laughs> At Mardu under slash Ryu, where do you see Mardu going on rotation? Will it remain tier one? And what's the best way to book green in a marsh deck? What's that? What's that last part mean? I, I don't know deck. what a marsh deck. Uh, I'm going to assume it's Mardu. I don't know. Mardu? Well, I think I Mardu, uh, Mardu's, I think, can stay. Gideon, it loses. Yes. That's a big loss. It's a very powerful card. But we have more Gideons. We have things that can fill that slot. The vehicles and the artifact matter crewing creatures pretty much all stay. So I think Mardu will still be a tier deck. Uh, next up, Rockin' Rainer says, is modern, is the modern meta sweet because there hasn't been a pro tour to bring attention to the best decks and the format? Uh, less bannings. That actually could be a big reason. Maybe. I mean, I think it could be part of it. I don't think that's the only reason. I think it's also the bannings have, like, hit the sweet spot. We've seen Fatal Push and some important cards printed. So I think it's a combination, but the fact that the pros aren't trying to break it probably doesn't hurt the diversity. All right. Um, at I am Ascend, is it safe to invest in Infect? Currently need four Hierarchs, and will Infect make a comeback? I think if they were going to ban something from Infect, they probably would have done it by now. And four hierarchs is 
pretty much not just delegated to Infect. I think is that that's just a good card to own um, for your collection. I don't know if Infect will make a comeback. Um, really just depends on where the meta ends up. Yeah, I mean, Fatal Push is the biggest reason for the decline, and I can't see that card getting significantly less powerful because it's so good. So, But you never know what'll happen in the future. But I do like High Arcs as a card to own because it's super heavily played. Uh, next up, we have from Verma MX. Seth mentioned the idea of a jank modern tournament. With all the team listening, can you make it happen? There's challenges. There's challenges. It, there's no good way to run tournaments on Magic Online without wizard support. The, it's super clunky. You gotta use like outside websites and hope people put in their results. So it's something that I'm hopeful can happen at some point, but I'm not hopeful can happen too soon. Alright, at streak. What do you think of fetchable monocolored utility lands at Uncommon? Think Bajuka Bog, but a swamp. We, we've actually seen them before once in the past. Uh, Misfill Plains, that cycle, are actually typed as basic lands. Are they? Oh, yeah, you're right. And you are right. So, um, so I don't think it's too risky. Yeah, I think you gotta be careful. If you can fetch it out, you probably wouldn't want to push him too hard. But I think that with the right abilities, you could do it. Uh, next up, Brigham Shelley one. Do you think that all the hate cards that are being printed in the next few sets will make Frontier a more viable format? No clue, Chaz. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know enough I about really the Frontier I, I, meta. I don't, I haven't been following it as much since, you know, it kind of blew up, uh, for that, like, couple months, <laughs> uh, time period there, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll help. Yeah, I mean, if hate cards and the lack of them are part of the problem with Frontier, then I, I can't hurt. Pithing Needle is a card yeah. you want in a format, so it can't hurt to have those type of cards in your format. I think they're good safety valve, so I guess probably, but I'm not super up on what exactly they're hating on or doing in the format. From Griggles420, who will be the next four mana four ability gate watch walker? My bet is Liliana. So Jace, done. Chandra, done. Yep. What does that leave? Uh, Liliana. Gideon, Liliana, and Nissa. I'm going to go Nissa. I, think I do it, think it'll be... It, I'm going to go Liliana. Okay. I do think it'll be Liliana's turn soon. Yeah, we're about to. Uh, you know, this all taking into consideration they'll all be around. Also, I mean, they said they're kind of pulling back on Gatewatch Planeswalkers, so it might not happen as soon as we think. They, we might, maybe we'll see some non-Gatewatch 4-mana four 4-ability four Planeswalker. I would, yeah. if, how about that, Chaz? Pick any, any Planeswalker. What, which one do you want to see pushed? Is there one from the history Ooh. of Planeswalkers, if you could make the Jace the Mind Sculptor version of it? Oh, man, I would have to think, um... I'm gonna I'm gonna go tip. I would almost just, just for the hilariousness of it. <laughs> they made Samut so bad that you know Samut needs like a redemption or Arlen Cord. Although that's technically like four abilities. Um, yeah, true. I I always I probably Samut don't only again just because like it was so bad that it deserves another shot with four abilities. I kind of yeah I feel the same way with with uh, Tibalt. I think that would be cool sure. to have a good Tibalt instead of just horrible Tibalt. Even like, you know, what I don't want to see in an actual regular set. Uh, what's the one from uh, Conspiracy? Kaya. Ooh. That would be sweet. Oh man, I would be happy if they just put that in a standard set because that card's really cool. But I can't play it anywhere because it's only yeah, legal in Legacy. I know. Oh, it is really sweet. At Epic Pug with Burning Tree Emissary now in the format, is Impact Treasure Tremors potentially Tier One in Popper? You play uh, Popper more. Or I I've only recently been like 
flirting with the idea, but have you? I play very little Popper, so I can't really give you a good answer. My guess would be no. I think there's better things to do with Burning Tree Emissary than ping your opponent for one when they enter the battlefield. So I'm going to say no, but I am far from a Popper expert. All right, Chaz, we got a, we got a question for you. This is a good one. Uh, from It's Bruise Day, Chaz, wondering your thoughts on Hidden Herd, four of in any green modern decks. If it was possible, I wish dot, dot, dot. So, Chaz, what is uh, Hidden Herd? Cause I don't even know what Hidden Herd does. Um, what is the gears? Is that Urza's? That's the first one? I Urza's believe that's Urza's Legacy? saga. Yeah. Or, Saga. Okay. Saga's first, yeah. It's a one-mana enchantment, and it's when your opponents... Whenever one of your opponents plays a non-basic land, uh, Hidden Herd becomes a 3-3 beast. You absolutely nailed it. That is basically the yeah. word-for-word the text <laughs> on the card. Nice. Um, in modern, uh, I think that would be actually pretty good. Yeah, it I would mean... pretty much always be a 3-3. <laughs> it's like a, it's like another wild McCoddle. I think it would actually be pretty good in modern too, because very rare yeah, people I, aren't I, playing non-basics. Next up, S. Ober. Uh, reserve list aside, is the card Abeyance from Weatherlight too strong for standard? So I think it was your turn, Chaz, but test time. What's Abeyance, okay. Abeyance do? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I actually um, kind of know. Is it know. white? It is white. I haven't looked it up. I oh, think I. Is it two and two white? I feel like it's two and two white. I thought it was two mana. I thought it was a oh, silence effect. That was my guess, is, is it? it was a si- like similar to silence. Abeyance. I'm gonna have to look this up now because I actually don't know. Alright, look at yeah. Let's see um, what this does. It is one in a white and it is a silence, but you draw a card. Uh is it too good for standard? We've had silence semi recently, right? We've had silence semi recently. Uh they never really pan out, but maybe drawing a card would be fine. I don't think it would be too good, though. Like, if Silence no, doesn't no, even see play, yeah. I don't think it would be too good. Okay, yeah. I'm fine with it in standard. At Ronin underscore Dark Rider. What do you guys think about Transcendent? Combo with Havoc Festival? <laughs> oh, this is your wheelhouse. I I don't know either of those cards. Uh, Transcendent, <laughs> six mana. In- Havoc, I feel like Havoc Festival is from Ravnica? The it, Return to Ravnica? It is, and it. Oh. I think it makes... You some like point. six mana something. Yeah, I think you lose life, lose half your life rounded down each turn. Both players, oh, something along those is lines. Is transcendence the enchantment from torment? It's white. It is it's like this, like six weird mana guy, like floating in the air. It, it is exactly that. It's oh, yes. Six mana white enchantment. You don't lose a game for having zero or less life. When you have 20 or more life, you lose the game. Whenever you lose life, you gain two life for each one life lost. <laughs> uh, hey, I would do it. It's a, it's a combo. Crazy. That's like, uh, it is a combo against That's Osworthy. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. I don't yes, think it's going to break any formats, but it's a sweet that idea. That is like the pinnacle of against us. <laughs> that is way up there, like upper echelon. Like this cast, like this is so crazy. Oh, from Rain and Dark Rider. <laughs> what do you guys think of Modern Infect? Uh, do you think Modern Infect can find its way to being tier one again? Maybe using Claim to Fame and Obsidian Battle Axe. Uh, I don't know about those cards, but I think we kind of answered this. I-, I don't know if it's fine now, but it could be in the future. Yeah, I agree. Not great now. Could get better. Uh, not sure you want either of those cards in it, though. Yep. At Ermedi, uh, will there ever be an update 
of the modern budget decks. There will. I can't really do it as frequently as standard because they don't change as much as standard. But at some point, when it's a slow time and I don't have an article, I'll just do a big update for the last like year worth of sets or something. So it will happen eventually. From Ozlat or Ozlak, face card of the set and a ton of new art, but no Bolas invocation. Not even the original. How bad of a fail is this? Oh, we kind of talked yeah, about we talked this about too. That. Pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> At a Suget, Sugatimi, I don't, uh, could you do an against the odds deck commander edition? Come on, Tomer, channel your inner Seth. I will ask Tomer to do against the odds commander. I don't know if he is interested yes. in it, but I think it would be sweet if I could talk him into doing an episode. Nice. Holy fish mail. That was a all lot. All right. That is all. Yeah. Woo. That was, that was a barrel full. Ha. Um, <laughs> Seth, I think we covered everything on the, uh, you know, for time constraints. I think we will end it there for this week. Yeah, awesome just job. We just, held it down. Yeah, th- yeah, it was awesome. Just a reminder, everyone, hashtag MTG Fishmail. We'll get your fishmail in for next yeah. week. So if you want to ask us questions, hashtag it on Twitter and we'll uh, answer your questions. So yeah, good episode, Jazz. Great episode. Everyone enjoy the pre-release this weekend. And uh, the Goldfish crew will be, will be back next week. So we'll see you all next time. Take care.